Hey friends, good morning, good day, welcome to Tuesday, May the 9th, and thanks for joining me for today's episode of Enough for Today. We are diving into Psalm 78, so join me there. We won't be long. Uh, after today, I'll be pre-recording for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of this week, and so um, looking forward to all of this journey through Psalm 78. There's 70 plus verses in this psalm. It's the second longest psalm, so we're going to try to press ahead quickly. Uh, I'd like to cover five, six, seven, eight verses today. We'll see how it goes. Um, but let's jump in. So this is an instructional psalm. It's the history of the nation of Israel. Therefore, it's the story of God. Therefore, it's God revealing himself to us in his heart and in his intentions and in his desires. And it is, in a sense, it's the Bible in miniature, which I love this. We're going we're gonna to cover vast sweeping spans of God's work in history and bring it forward and understand how it applies to our lives today. So first is an invitation from God himself. Give ear, all my people, to my law. Incline your ears to, my, to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. God says, everybody gather round. I love people and I love to teach you truth. And I'm going to open my mouth and give you my laws. Now remember this, this is a loving, shepherdly, fatherly God who's giving us his boundaries for blessing. His laws are always born out of love. God doesn't make laws just for the fun of it. He doesn't make laws to keep us from having fun or enjoying our lives. His laws are actually what keep us experiencing the reality of flourishing the way in the world that he made in the way he made life to be lived. So God's laws are always loving. They're always for the best kind of living. They always lead us forward in flourishing and in growth and grace. So he says, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Voluntarily, willingly, willfully lean in with a heart to receive. That's what it means to incline your ear. It means to focus. It means to silence your world, silence your notifications, lean in and listen to the words of God. He says, I'm going to open my mouth in parable, in plain sayings, plain stories. I'm going to take dark sayings of old and bring them forward in understandable metaphors and understandable realities I want you to know it. Why? Because verse three, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. So one generation is saying, we've received this of our fathers and we know God has done these things in history. Therefore, verse four, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. Now, let me ask you a question, my friend. First of all, are you, what are you, are you hiding the realities, the laws, the parables, the truths, the, the story of God. Are you hiding it from your children? Um, and there's a lot of ways we can do that. We can mask the heart of God with our own flesh and our own anger and our own pride and our own uh, lack of spirituality and maturity. We can hide them from our children by just our mixed priorities, by, by putting God way down on the priority list, letting everything and anything encroach on church attendance and 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 opportunities to really elevate and make God a priority we can hide uh, the, the realities of God by not repenting by not seeking forgiveness when we really blow it and our children see that we're hiding grace we're hiding the gospel in those cases we can hide things from our children by simply not saying them by not teaching who God is what he's done how he's leading us how we follow him why we love him uh, teaching them the gospel on and on we could go So this generation says, we will not hide them from their children. Showing to the generation, we want to show to the generation to come. What do we want to show? The praises of the Lord. Living a life of praise. Well, 
praise the Lord, we trust him anyway. Thank God for what he's done. Look at what God's done, kids. Look at how God provided. Look at how God led us through. Look at how God has directed our steps. Look at how God is unfolding his blessing in our lives. You should be making it a point to find the children in your life and do everything you can do to tell them the story of how God has led and guided and blessed your life. Now, you may not have received biblical truth from your father, but you're receiving it now And however God is bringing you biblical biblical truth into your life, you are now the chain breaker. You're the one that can break the chain of generational spiritual wandering. You can begin to hand the truth to the next generation. And my friend, we as a church family, we as Christians and believers in this generation should be absolutely committed to this priority of handing our faith to the next generation. We should show the praises of God, praising him, for the blessings and the burdens and the trials and all of it, praising him. We should show forth his strength, showing that God leads us, God guides us, God renews us, God provides for us, he protects us, he's doing his work in our lives and we're following him and day by day he's meeting our needs and showing his wonderful works that he hath done. Now that is really twofold. The works he's done in history, the cross being the pinnacle of that work, the cross and the resurrection. But all of this, uh, the psalmist is going to rehearse the works of God, but then personalize it. What works has God done in your life? And can you share them? Can you tell the story? Can you share how God has come through, how he's answered prayer, how he's, how he's revealed himself real and present and active in your situations and circumstances in your history? I love to do this. I probably do it too much. I probably need to be quiet more often, but God's just shown himself so real and so active in my life. I want to talk about it. And, and there, there are seasons where it was exponential, where it was just undeniable and loud. It's why I talk about my cancer journey so much. It's why I talk about our transition to Connecticut and for several years at Emmanuel. It's why I talk often of what God's doing in our lives as a church right now. He's very active. He's very present. But you know what? We don't often see it and hear it. You know why? Verse one, we're not inclining our ears. We're not opening our eyes and looking. We're not, we're choosing not to remember the works of God. In Psalm 77, the psalmist said over and over, I'm gonna remember the works of God. And now Psalm 78, we get to remember the works of God. So he is a God who does wonders. We saw that in the last Psalm and we need to incline our ear and set our minds and remember and share it and tell the stories. Um, And so these are good things. Verse five, we'll finish with verse five. For he established, I love this, a testimony in Jacob, a witness, a true story. He established, he has laid out for the record, for the record of the ages, a testimony in Jacob, the nation of Israel, his chosen people. The story that is written in the nation of Israel unfolds into the story of humanity. It is the story of what God is doing in time and space. It is his redemptive narrative in in human history. It is unfolding out of the nation of Israel. It applies to the whole world. For he established the testimony of Jacob, appointed a law in Israel. His law finds its inception in his relationship with the people of Israel. And it comes out of that story. Um, and it comes forward to us today. His moral laws come forward to us today. 
his civil and ceremonial laws, many of his civil laws come forward to us today in our American system of government. It has many parallels to Old Testament civil government that God established. His spiritual or ceremonial worship laws come forward in the gospel. So God's laws in every way apply to our lives today on some level. Um, I'm not saying it's still wrong to eat shellfish like it was in the Old Testament. Those are practical existential laws of an ancient people group for the moment. And God in the New Testament uh, reframed those laws. I don't have time to go down that road. But he's appointed a record of human history. He's appointed a law, the gospel being the law of life, okay, in Israel, which he commanded our fathers. He gave them. He, he gave this law, the law of grace, the law of covenant, the law of how to relate to him, the laws of how to relate to each other, all of God's uh, instructional framework for how to be redeemed, how to know him, how to have life in a fallen world, and how to follow him. He commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. I'll go to verse six, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. Do you, do you see the three generations here? This is, this is more than 100 years of your family future that you can anchor to the, to the heart of God. If you will decide you're going to know the laws, the word, the, the story of God, the heart of God, and you're going to give it to the generation that's coming up, and you're going to teach them to teach their children um, so that it will continue to be passed forward. I love Psalm 90 where Moses said, let the glory of the Lord be upon us and let it shine to our children. Let, let it be known, let it be made known to our children. Lord, we don't want to legislate that they follow you. We want them to see your glory. We want them to see your heart. We want them to be attracted to you because of who they see you to be in us. Now, my friend, this is the essence of we will not hide from our children. We will not hide the glory of God. Here's the goal. You live in such love, such grace, such beauty, such wonder, such amazement at the glory and the wonder and the love of God that it radiates from you in a way that your children want to know him too. And then you teach them to do the same thing for their children. It is the art of loving well like God loves us well. It's not just the art of didactic teaching. Transferring information is not going to do it. It is the transfer of heart. It is loving like God loves. So think on these things today. We'll pick it up here tomorrow. Have a great day.